Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. It's always an honor. Uh, you privilege us, you honor us, you allow us uh, to come across your broadcast. So with me as always is my friend Stephanie. You can hear that heavenly harp for the last time out there when she comes on. So good morning, Stephanie. How are you? Good morning, Doug. I'm doing okay. It's good to be with you this morning. Yeah, it's good to be with you as well. So, you know, as we, you know, we give a lot of time to picking out the word for the day. Honestly, we don't. <laughs> all right. We came to today. I had four or five words ready coming in this week, but God really put it on my heart. I was just talking to Stephanie. The word for today that has something to do with PTSD, listen to this podcast, uh, you know, you know, is knucklehead. All right, we need to talk about what a knucklehead is, what a knucklehead does. We call people knuckleheads all the time. I think, I pass that term on to the entire Stephanie Wesco family of, yes. uh, of Northeastern Indiana. And I'm sorry <laughs> about that, uh, Stephanie. So, so knucklehead is used a lot. It's a military term. And, and uh, it, it basically means you like go around judging other people. You treat people like dirt. You don't care about people. Uh, you don't care about other people's feelings. You're the only one who matters. You know, I think it's almost synonymous, Stephanie, with narcissist. Yeah, a true knucklehead where that's the life pattern. I don't know. Yeah, I think a true and narcissist is a whole nother level. Maybe a knucklehead squared. Yeah, 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 see, yeah. Oh boy, that could take us down a whole nother trail. It can, I'm not going there because I made other words for knuckleheads being squared and cubed and things like that. Stephanie (laughs) wasn't happy with them. So we're leaving them alone. I was more embarrassed than anything. So So there is some embarrassment that comes along with working with me. (laughs) But I've worked very hard to clean all that up and be on the up and up. And uh uh, and you know, and I've worked really hard not to use the term knucklehead too much, but I do know this, Stephanie, and you can confirm this. Those of you listening will agree with us. Half the population are knuckleheads at the very yes, least. At the very least. Yeah. We had a lady we were speaking to at camp, the last camp we were at, and she thought it was more 95, five. She told me she believed 95%. And we know none of you listening are knuckleheads. But anyway, so think (laughs) selfish. Think judging people. Think not caring about people's feelings. Think you're the only one who matters. Think when you look in the mirror, you see the love of your life. That, my friend. Yeah, that is enough to make you puke in your mouth. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, it's kind of weird when you see that, you know, when people are just so happy with themselves. a little traumatized. Oh, man. You know, I remember one that long ago, I went to some fellowship or something somewhere I was preaching. 
And I went in and I used the bathroom and I forgot, you know, I left my phone on the shelf there in the bathroom so you don't carry that back to those private areas. And and as I washed my hands and stuff, there was a, a gentleman in there combing his hair. And then about 10 minutes later, it hit me about five minutes before I was getting ready to speak or the church was going to begin. It hit me. I left my phone in the bathroom and uh, I went back in the bathroom and that guy was still combing his hair. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. You know, trying to just make it perfect. You know, my goal was I washed my hands and while my hands were still wet, I rubbed it in my hair. Praise God. And I thought that was all right. And, uh, but again, many of those things, but the Bible talks about being a knucklehead and it, it actually does. It says, judge not and ye shall not be judged, condemn not and ye shall be not be condemned, forgive and ye shall be forgiven. Boy, there's so much going on there in the synoptics. We see that in Luke, we see it in Matthew and, uh, over in John seven, uh, verse number 24, it says, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And so that knucklehead is away from all those things we just covered biblically. And, and so be careful, folks. We don't want to be a knucklehead. And honestly, we don't want to be around knuckleheads. Yeah, no kidding. Knucklehead, you know, they take the value of everything down. You know, the value of life, the value of the day, the value of air. You know, and there are people out there, Stephanie, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to hop into verse. I don't want to carry this on too long. But there are people out there whose only job in life is to make them look good and other people bad if they have to, to make them look good. I've met these yep. people. I've counseled them. They're real. They're pastors. They're everywhere, you know? And, yep. uh, man, I worked for a pastor like that. You know, the biggest control freak knucklehead you ever met in your life. And folks, when you're stuck in that, and if you're stuck in that now, you don't have to stay, go to another church. Uh, if you know, don't get caught up in all that stuff. It, it'll make you crazy. You start yeah. having some of those tendencies yourself. Now, Stephanie, you were caught up in all that craziness, and it, it's easy to spread, isn't it? It is. Well, and it's just that kind of person, when you're when you're around a person like that, they tear you down without you even realizing it, yeah. that they're doing to and, build themselves up. And they groom you, and they, oh, God only knows what they do. And, and here we are. Yeah. We're, so we're in Chapter 20. And uh, beware of somebody putting Facebook comments on what a great human being and what a hero you are. And beware of them saying it in public and stuff where they start grooming you and getting you ready for the Beware camp. of the flatterer. Oh, man, those guys can take you to a different place. Those gals, they can, they can take you to a different place. And, uh, and be careful of all that stuff. I tell you, my, my, uh, my narcissist alarm goes off easy these days. I'm just being honest with you. I was, yeah. Uh, Debbie and I were somewhere at a church a few weeks back and, or a month back or a year back. I don't remember. It all kind of runs together sometimes, but, uh, there was a lady in there that was a, a little bit over flattering me and all that kinds of stuff and Debbie. And it almost felt like grooming was going on and it sure was. And, uh, and, and then she hit us with her greatness. And, uh, that's what we're talking about here when yeah. we talk about our knucklehead. And so we're in chapter 20 of Proverbs or in verse number 18, it says every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice make war. And uh, so it's going on saying, listen, you know, there's, there's wisdom. There's wisdom in seeking counsel. There's wisdom in, in, in you know, uh, in, in a group of people coming together and talking through these things, wise people. And, and only by wise counsel is what I'm getting here. Only when there's no other choice, when there's no other option, uh, that's when you make war. Only when, you know, people are dying, 
uh, things are happening. It's called the Just War. And we actually have a, a Just War battle plan that the United States uses before they go to war. We actually do that. And it's biblical. It goes all the way back to the 1700s with George Washington. They put together, what is a just war? What does it look like? When do we go to war? Well, if Americans are being killed or hurt, you know, if people are being, uh, you know, lives are taken for no other reason. Uh, if we're not being fed, we're being starved. All those types of things, those questions need to be asked. Is there harm? Mm-hmm. Are people being harmed? Are people being hurt? I think that's what we're looking at here, Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and understanding that um, it says with good advice, in other words, you're being careful where you're getting your counsel. Um, You're putting around yourself godly people who are going to give good advice. And um, yeah, I I think, I think this needs also uh, can be applied not on a, on a national level, but can be applied on a, on a personal level because we all are putting different, different, situations, you know, there's a sense in which, you know, we were just talking about a knucklehead and what a knucklehead is. Well, there are times that you have to confront a knucklehead kind of person. You can't just roll over and play dead um, where they don't give you that option and where you're not going to war with them in the sense of, you know, like a nation going to war. But when you stand up to a knucklehead, it's like you're declaring a narcissist, whatever, um, where yeah. you're not just dealing with someone who's who's acting like an idiot. You're dealing with a person who's a full-out narcissist knucklehead. Yeah. Um, it is like declaring war because if you stand up to them, they view that as a declaration of war against their idol who is yeah. themselves. Yeah. And so um, good, get good advice. Know, know what your plan is so that, you know, you don't end up with stressors that you wouldn't have to have if you had gotten good, good advice ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think of Ahipophel. I think of uh, some of the advice has been so bad throughout the Bible. Some of those people, you know, they have their own motives. They have their own thought process. They're doing it, you know, for all the reason, those advisors, those consuls. So it's very important who you get your consul from. I, uh, my time in the army, a lot of the things we did, I mean, if it was, if it was cut and dry, if it was simple, if it was just a task that we do every day and we knew the answer of we we didn't have to put together a console or a group of people to talk about it or anything like that but if it got to the point where it involved you know somebody potentially being discharged somebody being hurt in the military or somebody really being helped in the military that was something that we would look at with the wise people with the people who've mm-hmm. proven themselves who've showed their worth who've showed their value and, and I think, you know, so many things in our nation and our military come from those types of things. It comes from the Bible, our leaders. You know, they put things together. So a consul is very, very important. And uh, I, I think that every purpose. So, you know, we're not talking about one thing, two things. We're, we're talking about those non-standard things. So we don't have to have a consul to know that. We want to go to Kohl's, so we don't have to console to know that, you know, shopping day is Wednesday because they have a 10% discount or we're traveling on Saturday and we got to do this. We need a console when we're making decisions that change our paradigm, when we're making decisions that uh, change the way we worship God, when we're making decisions that change where we worship God. And that's where that wisdom comes in. That's where we want to have that console. That's where we want to, uh, you know, by somebody 
who can come through. So the word here is consul, and, and, and we know that it's consul with an E, so it's individually, it's getting consul from somebody. It's not a whole consul of people, but maybe getting consul from someone and getting consul from someone else, getting consul with someone else. So you don't have a group of people fighting against each other to, to give you the right consul. Hey, folks, listen, it's that time. We'll be right back. Thanks, folks. It's great to be back with you. And I, I think that's so important. And you know that next verse, Stephanie, here we go, continuing on. It says, He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets. Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. And, uh, you know, a talebearer, somebody who's going out there and, and, and telling tales, somebody who's gossiping, somebody who's putting everything out. Some people in our Christian movement call it prayer requests. You know, pray for Stephanie. Uh, she didn't come to church last week. Or pray for Stephanie. I saw her crying in the church parking lot. Or pray for Doug. He's a knucklehead. You know, whatever the case. <laughs> those tail-bearing things. Uh, you know, there's some things that need to be revealed. We see that in Ephesians 5.11. But there's a lot of things, as I said in First uh, Peter 4.8, that's not appropriate. And one of the things that Stephanie and I don't do is we never share what we find out with consul. We share with each other. We bounce things off of each other for consul. But we never, I mean, we probably have, <clears throat> excuse me, we probably have a trailer truck of information you know, from folks that we're just not going to share it, you know, right. unless we share it with a professional who's going to help us help them. And we never share names or things like that nature. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what say you on this, Stephanie? No, I, I agree 100%. That, and someone who, t it says, he that goeth about as a talebearer. In other words, this is his life pattern. This is a person who, this is what they do for life is go that they, they and and you and I both know someone who's doing this right now um it's it becomes sadistic oh and he's lying where, it's not it's not it's not like he's telling the truth either you know but i'm yes but i'm saying there's a sadistic pleasure for this kind of person where that's what gives them a sense of joy and fulfillment is either slandering or whatever, however you want to put it, that's what, and, and very often, I think there's a reason God says, therefore meddle not with him that flattereth his lips. And I'm thinking of someone right now um, who was an incredible flatterer. This woman knew how to butter you up. She knew how to say the right thing. I mean, this is love bombing. Okay. It's um, building you up so she, she can properly gaslight and tear me down. Um, but this woman had a way of, because of her flattery, she would get people to tell her things that they shouldn't tell her. And then this woman would use that information that she had gotten, um, not from me, but from people that I loved who, who fell for her flattery then she would come and use that when she would do her gaslighting and all of that on me. And I think of her when I read this verse, because again, there was a sadistic pleasure that she got out of using secrets that she was told by someone else 
to cause to inflict pain. And of course it turned into slander. It turned into, um, just cruelty. And there's a reason that God lumps the talebearer and the flatterer together in this verse, because very, very often a talebearer and a flatterer are the same person. Yeah. yeah. They, they go hand in hand together. Oh, they do. And, and they're a narcissist. Yeah. yeah. Whoso curses his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. Just not darkness, but obscure darkness. So, you know, to curse out your parents, uh, you know, that's the opposite of what God has for you. And, 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 you know, some of us had some real bad parents. I mean, I, um, I had a great mom, as great as it can be. Uh, but you know, you won't hear me cursing out even my father who they're both in heaven. He got saved shortly before the end of his life, which makes me very happy. But we're reminded here that we don't, you know, we're not to curse out our parents. Uh, remember, God has promised us in Exodus and Ephesians 6, 2 and Exodus 20, 12. There's a promise uh, uh, that goes along when we obey our parents and do what's right. And uh, this is the opposite of that, Stephanie. Yes, for sure. And understanding that um, when you put yourself in this position, you've not just cursed your parents. Yeah. God you've you've asked for God to put a curse on you. You've blasphemed against God. And um, someone who reaches this level of low, I believe, is literally shaking their fist in God's face. Yeah. When they reach the point of doing this. You know, I never remember a time in my life where I cursed out either of my parents. And I mean, I, I certainly by worldly standards could have cursed out my father. Uh, one of the things I credit my mom with when I was in high school, I think I told you this story, I got in trouble in high school uh, when I was a freshman. You know, some kids had tried to stick my head in a toilet bowl and stuff, and I just beat the snot out of them, two boys. And uh, uh, and then, you know, I got away kind of with that because the school's like, well, you were trying to stick his head in the toilet, <clears throat> which is never a good idea. And then a while back, this kid hurt me. And I mean, he, he physically hurt me, but I went too far. Instead of going to get a teacher, instead of doing those things, once again, I, I got stupid. And, you know, I beat the kid up, made an example out of him. And uh, uh, remember, I, there were no rules when I fought. I mean, I, you know, when, it, uh, when I fought uh, before I was saved and stuff, there was no rules. The only rule was there's no rules. You know, hurt that individual <laughs> as quickly uh, and as much as humanly possible, you know, take them out, kick them anywhere, hit them anywhere, bite them, you know, stick their head in a toilet too. And I did that the first time, but anyway, I got in trouble <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, I, I went up to the principal's office and they suspended me. And I remember my mom, they called my mother to come pick me up. And I remember my mom drove up to get me. And I remember getting in that car that, that 76 Plymouth Valari or 75, whatever it was, station wagon i remember we were driving down the road from the high school and my mother was crying and she kept mm. looking at me and saying i love you so much i love you so much why i love you so much you're you're so bright you have so much talent why and she kept saying that and i looked at her about halfway home and i mean i was you know it was just a 10 10 11 minute drive to our house and and, and I looked at her and I said, Mom, 
Ma, it'll never happen again. And it never did. And what God's saying is he's teaching us right here. Just And I didn't really even curse her out, but I got in trouble. I, didn't want, I don't want to hurt my parents. I, I never, that's less than being godly. We don't need to curse out our parents. And, and, you know, even yelling at our parents or in some way talking down to our parents, it's not biblical. It's not right. And we shouldn't be part of it, Stephanie. Yeah. Amen. And that, There's never an excuse to me when you're dishonoring to your parents. Um, it's cruel. You know, and there's a difference between standing up to sin, that, and this needs pointed out because I personally know parents yeah. who will use the honor card as an excuse to be evil to their children, and their children have to honor them and respect them and condone they're evil. And no, that is not what we're talking about here. We're talking about honor in the sense of you're showing respect. You're, you're giving love. And that doesn't mean you agree on everything, but it's common. This is just common, decent, godly respect and, and love, you know, no matter, no matter who your parent is, you, there's never a reason to be cruel and dishonor is cruel. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, sometimes we got to look at our motivation folks, I think, and most of us would never do this and we get to be joyful and happy about that. Uh, but I think we, we always got to look at our motivation on why we do things and you know, what, what on, what on God's green earth would, uh, push us to a position to curse out our parents. I don't think there's anything. And, and I don't think we can accept it even with people in our life. You know, I think we yeah. just, uh, and again, there are going to be those parents who uh, are a train wreck and they're no good and they're out to hurt you. I literally know parents that try to ruin yeah. their kids' lives and you don't curse them out, but you get away from them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and exactly what Stephanie was saying. They want to use the honor card. Well, you honor thy mother and thy father, you no good jerk, you know, and you can't, yeah. you can't marry that person. You can't go to that church because you're not bringing honor to your mother and father. I mean, there's a time where we grow up, you know, and we're kind of in control of our own destiny. And I don't think that's what that's talking about there. You know, Hey, if we're saved and we're right with God and we're marrying somebody who's saved and right with God and equally yoked and, and, and our parents are a train wreck. Well, we don't curse them out. We just say, Hey, you're wrong. I'm marrying this person. Good luck to you. And, uh, you know, and we just pray to God every day that our parents will see the right things. And, uh, but then again, you know, a lot of parents may be right and say, Hey, you don't want to marry that person. You know, he or she is a knucklehead, you know, and think about this and, and, you know, and there's some wisdom in, in taking a little bit to get to know folks. But I, I don't think, I don't think this is all that complex. I think it's quite frankly saying to us, don't curse out your parents. And, uh, it doesn't matter how bad our knuckleheads they are, but also remember, and it's important to us to say this, and I'm glad that Stephanie brought this up. It's important for us to tell you, listen, if your parents are a train wreck, you don't have to put up with that either. You know, uh, if you're out of the house and stuff, just love them, send them cards, try to hang out with them. Uh, but don't let them make a train wreck out of your whole family. And cause they'll try, 
You know, once a knucklehead, always a knucklehead until God saves them and changes them. And folks, can I tell you we're a new creation today? Can I tell you we're a new creature? Hey, when you go out today with a smile that only God can give you. And remember, we'd love to help you out. You can find us on Helpful Wounded Spirits. We'd love to talk to you about our retreat coming up, those ministries we got happening at camps and churches around the world. Contact me at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Maybe we can set up a Zoom or something. We've already set up a few. We sure do love you, folks. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.